Welcome to the Spring Podcast. I'm Pastor Laura Blevins, inviting you to enjoy this week's message from the First United Methodist Church of Excelsior Springs. Thank you for coming to the waters for uplifting music, rejuvenation, and inspiration. Thank you for coming to the spring. Well, good morning, everyone, and welcome to the spring. My name is Ethan, and I'm one of the, the worship leaders here. We're super excited to have you all. Uh, in your bulletin, there is a, uh, a little sheet in there that is uh, just an info card that you can fill out, and uh, any information you feel comfortable with us having, uh, it's just a great way for us to stay in touch with you and to keep you in the loop of different events, different things we have going on. Uh, prayer requests on there. Uh, yeah, so so fill that by, and then later when the offering basket comes by, you can put that in there. Uh, if you would stand with us as you are able, we're going to begin this morning by, by singing. So yeah. Dries to roll over my bones. My sorrow comes to steal the joy out. And brokenness and pain is all I know. I won't be shaken. No, I won't be shaken. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand. chance when I stand in your love. My fear doesn't stand a chance when I stand in your love. Oh, she can no longer place to Power that can save. There's power in your name. 
This is how I find my battles. This is a table that you've prepared for me. 
God, I pray that we would see that this week. As we're looking all around us at all the different things. But we see that we're surrounded by you. It's so easy to get fixated on the small things and the big things and all the different things going on and, and bills coming up and school and being on time and all those hard things. But God, what we see that we are surrounded by you, that you are with us. And we're surrounded. In your name. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning, good morning. Um, our scripture. Um, if you want to hear Christmas hymns, we're doing that in the second service, just so you know. I'm super excited about that. Um, so Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 38. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth to a town in Galilee. To a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David. The virgin's name was Mary. The angel said to her, went to her and said, Greetings, you who are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of greeting this might be. But the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary. You have found favor with God. You will conceive and give birth to a son, and you are to call him Jesus. He will be great, and he will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over Jacob's descendants forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be, Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin? The angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come on you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age. And she was, and she who was said to be unable to conceive is in her sixth month. For no word from God will ever fail. I am the Lord's servant, Mary answered. May your word to me be fulfilled. Then the angel left her. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Gracious God, as you have poured out your Holy Spirit on us gathered here, Lord, we ask that the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in your sight. O oh Lord, our strength, our rock, and our redeemer. Amen. Well, before I begin, I do want to apologize. I'm at the tail end of a cold, so I still kind of have that cough that's happening, um, and I can't hear out of this ear. So <laughs> that's exciting, isn't it? Super exciting. So hopefully you'll have grace on me this morning. Um, if I have to pause to cough or hopefully I won't keel over and pass out. I do feel good, I just don't sound good. Um, so today, we're talking about life's sort of messy plot twists, right? And I think the perfect um, person in the Bible to talk about would be Mary in this situation. Um, but before we get into all of that, um, I want to sort of set the foundation of life's sort of messiness that happens. Um, in her book, Have More Fun, uh, Mandy Ariato uh, tells a story of a friend who drank her contacts. 
you heard me right, a friend who drank saline solution and her contacts totally by accident. Has that happened to anybody here? No, okay. Well, what I hear is her friend's not alone, but um, what had happened is she had been on a 4 a.m. flight and it had been delayed. She had been at the hotel. She had a business meeting the next day. She had slept in, not meaning to, overslept, and jumped up, and the first thing she does is grab that water at her bedside table and does... A second too late after she swallows, she realizes that it was her saline solution and her contacts. If you've ever done something dumb, I want you to know you are not alone in this. Um, after a little bit of Googling, by the way, sometimes Googling is good and sometimes it's bad, and she thinks she's probably going to die, she uh, decides that she has to Uber herself to urgent care instead of going to her meeting that she had flown all the way there to be at. And so she's in the, in the car, um, and she's upset with herself. She's berating herself. Why am I so dumb? Why am I always late? You know? Why did I do um, this dumb thing? She was embarrassed by it, so she's sitting in the back of the Uber, and she's crying. Have you all ever been there? Maybe not with contacts, but where you've done something really, really dumb, right? And she's crying. And the Uber driver, just sort of interested, says... Well, what's wrong? She proceeds to tell him, I drank my contacts this morning. Um, and, and also, here's the other added bonus. She couldn't see. Okay? FYI, that's big, right? So not only did she drink the contacts, she couldn't see very well. And the Uber driver listened to her story and said, well, it looks like you've had a really interesting morning. It's a bad day, not a bad life good advice, isn't it? You know, I think that as we go through this sermon today, I want you to remember that what I just said. You may be having a bad day, but it doesn't mean it's a bad life, okay? Can you remember that? All right. In this story that we hear about Mary, um, there's a lot of trouble and sadness and worry that goes along with it, and sometimes in the midst of the Christmas season, we sort of set that aside and we don't realize all the things that are, are surrounding this story about Mary. And I want to point some of these things out to you today. In the scripture, we learn, um, first of all, that Mary is what? She's engaged to Joseph, right? And in Jewish um, tradition, it's, it's different than what we have today. So it was a contract that was signed between the families, right? Super important that she would be a virgin, right? That's just part of the deal. And we know that she um, is a virgin when the angel comes to talk to her. And we know about Mary that she's going to become the mother of Jesus, the Son of God. So her life for sure takes this unexpected turn in just these few short verses in Luke chapter 1. So my first question and that I've always sort of like tried to figure out, why is it that God chose Mary? Of all the people, of all the time, of all the things, why was it Mary? What was it about Mary that made this, um, who would be the, the one to, to carry God, right? Well, first of all, we know that she was favored. She was favored with the Lord. That's part of the scripture in all of the gospels. She trusted in God's plan. She was available. Um, and even though this unexpected thing happened, Mary responded.
responds in a positive way. I want to show you this um, one slide here. Okay, so this is Mary praying, and Mary's always in blue because that means, like, purity and stuff. So whenever you see um, pictures of Mary, often she's depicted with some kind of blue on her. Um, and this is the angel Gabriel who comes to tell her. Now, put yourself in Mary's shoes for just a second. You're praying. It's kind of a busy morning. You got lots of stuff to do, and all of a sudden an angel appears. Interrupts her day. Interrupts. Her life. She was interruptible. She didn't say, oh, sorry, can't do this, not available, actually had some other things to do today. I cannot be the mother of Jesus. Mary doesn't say that, does she? Um, that's the part of, that I like about Mary, too, is that um, she was able to be interrupted to follow God's plan. It's a quality, I think, that we all need to that we would be available and be ready to be interrupted by God. Because you see, here's the truth of the matter. God is at work constantly in our world, in our lives. And we have to, what, open our eyes to see the situations, the times, the places that God wants to interrupt us. Now, this is hard for some of us, and you can go ahead and own this, that like to plan. Yeah? Am I the only one in here today? Yeah. And planning's good. Planning gets things done. But you also have to be available and be ready to be interrupted by God. Because there's going to be those moments, there's going to be those times that God is trying to minister to you. And also that God is going to use you to minister to someone else. And you have to be interruptible. That you can change what you're doing. That you can be available. Right? The way that Mary was. You know, God is for sure working on all of us. And we have to be ready. Okay, so another quality. Mary is trustworthy. Right? Mary would be trustworthy. That makes sense. She was not someone who was trying to deceive anyone. She was just trying to follow God's plan. Right? And then finally... <clears throat> a quality of Mary. First, you know, she's favored, right? Then she's interruptible. Then she's trustworthy. She's going to do what God's told her to do. And then she's courageous. And this is the big piece of it, too. Even though she didn't know what was going to happen, she took that step of faith. But here's the thing about the society that she lived in at the time, right? So somebody in her predicament most likely would not have been believed, right? And if it wasn't for Joseph, and she doesn't know that Joseph is going to go along with this at this point, right? If it wasn't for Joseph, she would have been stoned to death. But because God also comes to Joseph through an angel and says, it's all going to be okay. They trusted in God's great plan. But Mary doesn't know the end of the story when she becomes courageous and says, I will do this. I will follow through no matter what's going to happen. There's so much, not even just about the birth of Jesus, but after Jesus, well, let's look at the birth really quick here because you know this scene, right? Again, do you see she's wearing blue? Okay. I got my blue pants on today just because symbolism, people, it's important. <laughs> but uh, 
So here she is. She's ridden a donkey for how many miles, right? Can't find a place to have the baby, ends up in a stable, gives birth to a son. Talk about courageous, right? And here she is, and Jesus is born, and it's this wonderful, beautiful thing. But here's the stuff, right? What was going on around? Well, they were taking a census, right? But Herod knew because the wise men had come to tell him. So they were immediately in danger. And so they have to flee. They become refugees. And they have to flee their country and go to Egypt. This is the next slide I want to show you. After you've just given birth, and they barely escape. Now the other part that we don't talk about is the mass genocide that happened to children who were born around that time because of Herod. And Jesus barely escapes. And it's something I, you can barely even think of or say because it's so horrific. It, it's hard to even fathom what went on. Do you think that she was scared? Absolutely. But she did it anyway, right? So here is this woman who has done these amazing, <laughs> courageous things. Life is messy, people, isn't it? I mean, we don't have that same story as Mary because none of us are carrying or are parent to the Son of God, but we can get the fear we can get the scariness, we can get that um, intensity of the moment of not knowing what's going to happen. And life gets messy when what you think is going to happen doesn't happen. For Mary, she was just going to get married to Joseph, you know, have a bunch of kids, be a good wife, be a good mother, be a good uh, person who loves her God, and she wasn't going to worry about all of these things, but her life changed. And she could have sat around and felt sorry for herself, and I think many of us would have, because it was so different than what she had expected, but that's not what Mary does. Sometimes we may have a bad day where we feel like people are closing in on us, and chasing us, and all we want to do is flee. But it doesn't mean we have a bad life, right? So maybe you have um, experienced an unexpected turn in your life, where you thought your life was going to come out one way, and it ends up coming out in a completely different way. Anyone else? Right? Shocking as it is. And sometimes it's the loss of a loved one, Sometimes it's the loss of a job. Sometimes it's financial strain. Sometimes it's children or parents or relationships, right? Sometimes it's health issues. When our life doesn't go according to the plan that we've had and it takes sort of this turn and it becomes messy because you had this plan, right? And it was going to go forward and it doesn't happen that way. So I listened to this TED Talk from Dan Gilbert. Does anyone listen to TED Talks? Or is it just me, right? Listen to this one. Dan Gilbert, The Science of Happiness. 
Did you know that our happiness is not dependent upon what happens to us? Did you know this? Did you know that there was a study done, Dan talked about this, that a year later, um, after life-altering experiences, both lottery winners and paraplegics had the same amount of happiness. Let me say that again. A year later, after life-altering experiences, they found that both lottery winners and paraplegics have the same amount of happiness. That's shocking, isn't it? Does that shock you? It shocked me. You know, people have been known to put a lot of emphasis on, on what's happening um, in their life right now. I'll never be happy again because my family member passed away. I'll never be happy again because this relationship didn't work. I'll never be happy again because of the financial strain and we're drowning in debt. I'll never be happy again because of the health concerns of my loved one. I'll never be happy again. And we focus on it so much of what's happening in the day, in the time. And I get it. Because it's awful. And I, I am sorry that you have to deal with life's messy turns. And I wish it would be different. But what happens to you does not dictate your happiness in this world. Did you know that? What happens to you does not dictate your happiness in this world. When your life has taken a messy plot turn, it doesn't mean that you have to spend the rest of your life angry and mad and upset. In fact, science proves that your happiness doesn't depend on what's happened to you. It's not based on our circumstances, though many of us try to base it on that. The joy of God, the goodness of God is not found in these things. It cannot be taken away from us. Just recently, I um, got to listen to a speaker. Her name was Catherine Wolf, um, and she is a woman who dealt with life's messy turn. She had just um, had a baby. Baby was about six months years old. Six months years old. Six months old. And she had a massive stroke. Had no family history. There was nothing to indicate that it would ever happen. It was something that happened when she was in utero. She had these sort of um, cells, brain cells or whatever, that was an aneurysm in the back of her head and it grew and grew and grew and she was 26 years old. She had just given birth and six months later she has this massive stroke. And the life-saving surgery that she has paralyzes part of her face, one of her legs, one of her hands, her ability to walk and talk and all of those things. The life-saving surgery caused her to be paralyzed. And after her stroke, she struggled. Would you agree that she had some reason to struggle? Yeah. Life's messy turns. 
new mamas aren't supposed to have strokes, are they? Right? And she found some comfort in Habakkuk chapter 3, verses 17 to 18. So let me show you this. And write this down. Write this scripture down because you're going to need this. Put it on your phone. Text it to yourself. Put it in your notes. I'll give you a second. You need this scripture in your life. It says, though the fig tree should not blossom, nor fruit be on the vines, the produce of the olive fail, and the fields yield no food, the flock be cut off from the fold, and there be no herd in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will take joy in the God of my salvation. In this scripture, even though all of these things have happened to me that are awful, I will rejoice in the joy of the Lord, for God is my salvation. Your happiness does not depend on the circumstances that you are presented with. And when you have these messy, life-altering things that have happened to you, your happiness is not dependent on your circumstances. And so Catherine Wolf decided to rewrite her own version of Habakkuk 3, 17 to 18. Though I cannot walk and I am confined to a wheelchair, though my face is paralyzed and I cannot smile, though I am extremely impaired and cannot take care of my own baby boy, Yet I will rejoice in the Lord. I will be joyful in God, my Savior. Wow, right? So I have a challenge for you today. And I'm over on time. I'm super passionate about this today. Y'all will forgive me, right? My band, thank you. I have a challenge for you today. My challenge for you is to rewrite your own Habakkuk. What is it that's going on in your life that you struggled with, that has been a messy plot turn in your life, and you write it out like Catherine did, and at the end you make sure you put, yet I will rejoice in the Lord, I will be joyful in God my Savior. run away. She would have had every right to hide or to say no or not me, God, but she's courageous and she takes the step of faith. And yes, it's scary. All these scary things happened around her. But what happened was that Jesus was born so that we could all have salvation. And if it wasn't for her courage, her ability to say, I'm here, God. I'm ready. I can do this. I can be courageous in this moment, knowing that God would be with her every step of the way. And you see people, when your life takes a messy turn, whatever it is, God is with you. God doesn't promise that you're not going to have a difficult life. He doesn't promise that, that all the, the terrible things go away. Terrible things happen all of the time, but God promises what? That he will always 
be with us. And you have the opportunity to take the circumstances of your life, those messy plot twists where your life didn't turn out the way you had planned, and you can either sit around and feel sorry for yourself and no one would blame you. Or you could step into faith and realize that none of the circumstances of your life will keep you from the happiness and the joy of God. Can you do that? It's not going to be easy. I challenge you. That's my challenge for you this week. Is to rewrite your own heaven. I um, rewrote it this week. It's too raw for me to share it with you. And I want to be honest with you about something. I think you need to hear this from me. These last nine months in our family have been horrible. I wish I could say it was different. Not that Jeremy and I were having trouble, but the situation at the job, in a way that a community acts, affected us. It knocked us down. And I share this with you because I think you need to see it. It does not control our happiness. It does not keep us from being called. It does not keep us from following God. And good Lord, there are people who deal with so much more. But God does not leave us where we are. And our happiness is not controlled by our circumstances. So when life takes a messy plot turn, it's not the things in our life that make us happy. It's God, right? So I'm sorry if that was too much for you to hear. I apologize. I've written my own Habakkuk, and you need to as well. Because God shows us the joy and gives us that. Good and gracious God, we thank you so much for all that you have given us this day. Help us, Lord, to be your people. Help us to find you. Help us in the midst of all of this stuff that we deal with, that we would be able to find happiness and joy in you. And even in the midst of these unexpected, term, uh, unexpected turns, that we would be open and available, interruptible. That even though we had a bad day, it wouldn't be a bad life. And that we would follow you in all things. In your awesome name we pray. Amen. Will you stand as we sing? Or truth and where 
Enjoying this week's message? Please consider giving to our ministry and helping us continue the work of Jesus Christ by making a contribution. Go to esmethodist.com on your computer or smartphone and click on the Giving and Service tab.
Gracious God, help us to praise your name in the midst of life's messy plot turns. Help us to follow you, to be strong, to lean on one another in this church as we go forth from here to do your work in this world. In your awesome name we pray, amen. Um, so go forth from this place with the love of Jesus Christ, knowing that no matter what you do, God's going to love you. And I hope that you can find that happiness. Go in peace, amen. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast of The Spring. Tune in every Sunday evening for the next rejuvenating podcast of music and messages from the First United Methodist Church of Excelsior Springs. God bless you and have a great week.